Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. If you've listened to Shameless before, you'll know that these chats are normally called In Conversations, interviews with influential Australians about their lives, their careers, and what they've learned along the way. And we really love doing them, but these are unusual times, and to reflect those times, we will be moving to In Isolation episodes for a little while. Interviews with women and men we know and love, not from a studio, but from their bedroom and lounge rooms, wearing bed socks and pyjamas, connected via video link. We'll still be asking about their successes and failures, but also about about this weird world we've found ourselves in. How are they coping? Where are they finding morsels of light? And how have their views of the world changed when day-to-day life looks nothing like it used to? Because how we respond to a tragedy says a lot about who we are. Are we optimists, pessimists, something in between? And in a search for meaning, what can a global pandemic uncover about ourselves? And welcome to this In Isolation episode of Shameless with the lovely Sammy Robinson. Sammy has grown a vast social media following after starting on YouTube only four years ago, uploading beauty tutorials from the comfort of her own bedroom. Now she works with fashion and beauty brands globally and is about to launch her very own clothing label, One Mile, next Monday. In this chat, we touch on everything from what it's like launching One Mile when the world is in such chaos to whether she thinks COVID-19 will change influencer culture forever when things eventually go back to normal. Sammy was so warm and such a delight to speak to in this interview and we cannot wait for you to hear it. Here she is. Sammy Robinson, welcome to Shameless in Isolation or In Isolation with Shameless. We have not nailed that title yet, but welcome anyway. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Sammy, set the scene for all of our listeners. All three of us are in very different rooms right now. I am in my spare bedroom, which Mitch and I have turned into a makeshift office, especially in light of COVID-19. Zara, you're at Shameless HQ. Sammy, where are you sitting with us from? I'm actually in my office as well. I was lucky enough before all of this happened to have my at-home office set up. So nothing's really too different for me. I'm just sitting exactly where I've been for the last like six months now, actually. Yeah, it's good. 
It is kind of a like a secret win for people who have been working from home this entire time to be like everyone else is complaining, but I've had this set up for months. I know, honestly, it makes me feel a little bit bad sometimes because I listen even to your podcast and you're like, how have things changed for you? And I'm like, oh, not much has actually changed me at all. I already worked from home. I already had my team here and I only had a small team anyway. And yeah, so really things are sort of the same for me, which is really lucky. I want to know, are you really particular about how you work? Are you the kind of person that needs to have a very aesthetically pleasing environment to be productive? Because Zara and I are very, sorry for the phrase, but very rough and tumble with how we work. Like our spaces are quite chaotic and that doesn't bother us at all. But there are some people who need scented cans and want to have things very particular. What camp do you sit in? That's so funny you say that. Usually in everyday life, I'm like the messiest person you will ever come across. Like my house on the inside is just so, so messy. But with my office, I like to generally keep it as clean as I possibly can, light a candle, get some incense, make it. I like this feeling like a space that inspires me and I want to come to. Otherwise, I just end up dreading it. So my office is pretty tidy. It's actually quite messy right now. I won't lie to you guys, but yeah, no, I love, I like coming here. So I like to keep it that way. Oh my God, this is so bad. You should see all the boxes around me right now, Michelle. I reckon you'd be unsurprised to hear that I have like four just behind my computer screen. But anyway, (laughs) Sammy, we wanted to get into the interview. We start usually exactly the same way. And that is to ask you, what were you like as a kid? Oh, I was lucky. I had a really, really good childhood. I was really sporty and it's because my parents are super, super sporty. Dad did a lot of sport and so did mum. So it was sort of forced upon me, but I'm so grateful for it because honestly, I met such great people, was super active, learned that active lifestyle through that. And yeah, I just loved basketball, played it my whole life. I have three siblings, so it was crazy manic household my whole life growing up and we're all sporty. So it was just really, it was nice, but just loud and crazy. (laughs) I love that. Sammy, talk to us about your decision to begin a YouTube channel. I have been an OG fan, like I'm talking way back in the day when you got that very first haircut, you chopped your very long hair off. And I remember being one of those fans who was like, oh my God, the new haircut looks amazing. And I look back on that and I'm like, that's so bizarre to me that I've been an OG subscriber from way back when. But I do want to know, you leave high school, you begin university. And in that first year of uni, you began your YouTube. So what was behind that decision? Like what appealed to you about vlogging and sharing your life via video? Because it's not for everyone. I think when I had my Instagram back in the day, I think I had like 4,000 followers and that was like so many. And I had quite a few girls that would message me just saying, can you do an everyday makeup routine? And I think maybe people thought that I was sort of doing influencing because I had that few thousand followers, but it just was my personal Instagram account. So from that, I just decided to, oh, actually, and as well, my friend Holly, her mom was the manager of influencers already like Lauren Curtis and Chloe Morello. So I started watching them and just seeing what it was all about. And I actually loved it. And I've always had a passion for makeup just since I was literally three, since I could manage to put it on my own face, I did. So yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I loved watching the other girls and I was like, you know what, I might just give this a crack myself, see what happens. And it just was lucky that it just managed to take off. I didn't have to really do anything too dramatic 
to push it. I just sort of let it naturally happen. And if it was going to take off, I would go with it. And if it didn't, then I was like, oh, well, I'm, at least I'm at uni and I have other things going on. So yeah, it was just really, really a natural progression with it. I think there is something interesting though about the person that decides to put themselves out there, particularly at an age when you're what, like 19, 20, mm-hmm. there is something that you feel awkward about and embarrassed about by doing so. Did you feel that? No, weirdly. And it's so strange because I look back at it and I just like, I don't remember the moment that I decided to put a YouTube video up because like you said, that is just the weirdest thing to me that I decided to film myself. I've had no experience in editing videos. I've had no experience in filming. I was super artsy at school and I loved art, but I loved painting and all of those sort of artistic aspects of it. So it's funny as well because I've just got the worst memory. So I don't remember what went through my head at that time, but I am so grateful to young me because it's just given me so many amazing opportunities. But yeah, I know I agree with you. It's so funny to me that I chose to put myself out there on the internet like that. I do wonder, do you ever think about why the YouTube channel exploded in the way it did or why so many women want to follow your life on Instagram? And I'm sure a handful of men as well, because it's an unusual thing, right? Like for so many people to have an interest in your day-to-day existence and what you're doing, what goes through your head? Do you think about that often? Literally, that goes through my head every day. It doesn't make sense to me. Like there's no formula to why people become successful on social media, in my opinion. Like, you know, you might have those questions that people throw at you. Like, how can you grow your own Instagram and, you know, grow your engagement and all of that? And I I hate that my answer is this, but I actually just have no idea because I just sort of post photos of me and my friends and do stories of me and my everyday life with my dog. Quite frankly, I can be quite boring sometimes. And I haven't really had a niche either. I've sort of gone through the makeup tutorial phase and I've gone through the fitness phase and drinking lots of lotions and potions and healthy things. And, and then I've been through, you know, fashion. I love having fashion coming in and out of it. So to me, I don't have that niche that people come back to just to watch a tutorial. I just, I have, I honestly, it it blows my mind every day. Where do you think that kind of fearlessness comes in? Because I do think going back to when we're talking about you deciding to just upload random videos of yourself, like talking to a computer and editing them, there has to be a level of self-assuredness that comes into it where you're like, I don't really give a what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to do that. Do you credit that very stable family life for elements of that self-assuredness or do you think it's something else entirely? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I always had just a really good relationship with myself growing up. I never really went through that insecure phase that a lot of young girls might go through with, you know, maybe they struggle a little bit with food or you could struggle, you know, with body image. I think the sporty aspect of my life completely eliminated that for me. And it made me just quite, like you say, self-assured, but I just never really put too much emphasis or importance on the way that my body looked as opposed to I just loved the way that I felt and I just loved the way that makeup made me feel I thought it was really fun I never put too much pressure on anything in general and I think that maybe that's why and my family's a lot the same they're just really go with the flow type people did you ever have to explain to your family or your friends what you were trying to do you said that one of your best friends and her mum were very involved in this industry anyway but what about the other people in your life did you ever have to sit down and I don't know have a conversation with even some of your male friends who might not be across the social media game as much and have a conversation to be like look this is a career for me and it's more serious than what it might look from the outside 
Yeah, I remember when I uploaded my first tutorial, I linked it to mom and she was like, oh, okay, let me see. Because she's never, she's only ever watched Susan Boyle from like whatever that show is called on YouTube. So she'd watch all of those types <laughs> of things. And so I sent her my tutorial and she was like, oh, this is, this is fun. But I did, why do you have like 700 layers of makeup on your face? Like she only knew that there was such thing as mascara. So I just, I linked it to them and they watched it. I remember dad just being like, this is silly that you wear so much makeup but then after a while he started to realize that there was actually sort of a world behind it it wasn't me just being <laughs> weird they were always very much from the beginning like you just have to stay in uni you can do whatever you want on the side as long as you stay in uni and just make sure you're getting your education and keep your other job so that you've got a stable income and so for a while there I was coaching basketball working in a pub doing uni and doing YouTube and that way there was no pressure on YouTube they just thought it was like a cute little hobby that I had on the side and when I got sent my first free thing, which I think it was Loving Tan, we were all like, whoa, what the hell? This is crazy. Like I got this for free. And then all of a sudden everything just started coming in like such, such large amounts really quickly. And I got offered my first job from it. And it was just, just from there, they sort of really started to understand that there was a full world behind it. But I kept uni going for a while until I actually had a stable income from it. And it wasn't until the whole trips, the traveling with brands became like a really big thing. That started when I decided to leave university because with UTS, you can't miss more than two tutorials in a semester otherwise oh, that's hard yeah you fail the subject so I think yeah so I think I just made the decision to go on these amazing trips and as a young girl like to turn those down I just was like there is no way I have to do this I'll just defer uni so I deferred uni and I deferred uni and then I deferred uni and I think that they were like okay you're not you're not coming back <laughs> do they struggle with that still or do they now see the bigger picture and what you're working towards yeah, no, they're fi- they're fine with it now. I think they're the only ones in the family that have graduated from university. So my older brother is still doing his degree. My younger sister's doing it slowly as well. And Katie's still in school. So they're just like, oh, you guys, you're just all failures. <laughs> just whatever. <laughs> what about other people in your life? Did you find that there were many people who were condescending about your line of work? You know how like the term influencer, the concept of influencing is, it can be so denigrated in certain pockets. Did you find that with people that you knew or friends of friends yeah yeah no definitely there was so, I, and you'd hear it through the grapevine it was always just really sad because people would come up to me and be like oh did you hear what that person said about you and I was like no because no one ever says it to your face like everyone loves to have a bit of a bitch behind your back but at the end of the day I was really enjoying what I was doing I was making some money from it and if people were judging it it just reflected on just how they were and what they felt so I was lucky at a young age that I felt that because it was you know it does make you sad hearing that mutual friends and friends of friends are thinking oh you're like crazy and embarrassing and such a loser for doing something but those are the people that now when you have a bit of sort of success they are like oh we should catch up or you're I'm so proud of you it's the best thing ever you know so you just take everything with a grain of salt with people like that so Sammy you now have more than 600,000 Instagram followers you have more than 730,000 subscribers on YouTube do you enjoy being known or what's your relationship with fame I guess because you might not describe yourself as famous but I certainly would and I'm sure lots of our listeners would and if they don't use the word famous it's certainly recognizable you're a public figure was that tricky to wrap your head around in the early days or was it a difficult transition for your loved ones to even witness? 
Yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't refer to myself as famous, but there is, yeah, obviously there's recognition that comes with it. I struggled with it at first a little bit just because I feel like maybe I am a little bit more of an introvert than I thought I was. And having people come up to you and speak to you, especially when you when I was younger, it's quite daunting and you get nervous and you get shy. As time's gone on, I've realized that it's just obviously what comes with the territory and the people that do come up to you and are really polite to you and want to have a conversation with you it is the loveliest thing ever because they're the people that have supported you when there's people maybe watching you from a distance or taking photos of you from a distance that's when things can get like a little bit uncomfortable but again it just it comes with the territory and there's always going to be pros and cons to every industry and I don't really see it as a con it's just maybe at times makes you feel uncomfortable because at the end of the day I am like a young 23 year old girl and I go and love to get absolutely mortal at bars and make an absolute fool of myself (laughs) so that's not fun when you wake up in the morning you're like I had like 10 margaritas last night and I probably was dancing like a fool on the dance floor but hey whatever (laughs) it is funny that you say that because I think there is so much perceived glamour about the job that I think people assume that the job is incredibly glittery all the time. Do you think that's really the case? I think honestly, yeah, it is the case. It is a really glamorous job and I won't I won't lie about it. Like it is absolutely amazing and I feel literally blessed every day to be able to do what I do because to make money off doing something that was first a hobby and is now a job is so incredible. Like any job, there are always going to be pros and cons to it. So, you know, the people taking photos of you and laughing at you in the the distance, that's always quite embarrassing. And I feel like a lot of the time you have to sort of tiptoe around subjects and you can't have really strong opinions on things. Otherwise, you could have a scandal that's formed about you. And and you never mean to offend anyone. It's, It's just what happens. People can misconstrue your words. And I do feel really nervous constantly about stories that I post in case I've said something that's stupid or you know even the other day I shared a bunch of screenshots that were sent around from a global company that I thought were really good points really good valid and harmless points about you know maybe staying inside using hand sanitizer yada yada this was like months ago before it really had even begun and I had so many people dming me being like you're so ignorant and stupid how could you think that you have the right to tell people what to do and so you want to try help people in something like this and spread a bit of knowledge and show that you do care but also then people will tell you that you don't have the right to or that your information is wrong and that you're ignorant and just dumb so that sucks about it to be honest just being constantly judged I am interested, how do you cope with the viciousness of some feedback? Because I think those who aren't in the public eye or don't have careers that are so visible probably underestimate how pointed some feedback from the public can be. And it's something that Zara and I have certainly struggled with, to be really honest, lately. And I want to know, how do you personally cope with it? Because we have spoken to so many women who have very public careers, have spoken to a lot of influential men as well. And it is a huge source of anxiety for a lot of people we come into contact with, particularly those whose jobs and careers rely heavily on social media. Yeah, literally. I've never suffered from anxiety in my life. And it's funny, if I read my DMs and I I see quite a few people telling me that something I have done is horrible or wrong, it just gives me so much anxiety. So it's kind of essentially stopped me from reading my DMs. It's like this black hole that if I touch that, you know how there's that other section where you it's see- It's like requests. I think, there's, yes, I requests. think there's two things, requests and following or something like that. Yes, yes. If I click that requests button, I just get instantly like a bit sweaty and my heart starts beating. So I'm like, what if I've done something? What if I, even I get nervous that like, what if I've accidentally uploaded a picture of my boob and like everyone 
everyone's like, oh my God, your boobs out. Like there's so many, <laughs> so many things that can go wrong. And so I just get so nervous to read that stuff. But when there's genuine hate, like someone that will say, oh, you know, I want to pour acid on your face or whatever it is. That's when you know that it has nothing to do with you. And it's just completely that person and it just reflects on them and just what's going on in their lives and I just don't you know that doesn't bother me at all it's more just the stuff that you know if someone says something about the you know the fact that they don't like your personality it's just you know you get deflated by it you're like oh (laughs) yeah there's there's little you can argue with that I agree with you there's kind of one thing that you don't want to be attacked and it is your personality Sammy what we are asking everyone at the moment is what were your plans for 2020 before everything went to because you had big, big plans for this year. Yeah, I my plans have sort of luckily stayed in motion. So my brand actually launches on Monday, which we are super excited about. We've had really amazing feedback for the brand so far. And so we're excited to have people get their hands on the product. I'm so genuinely proud of it. So I'm actually, I I have no fear for it. It, I'm just really, really excited, which is a really nice feeling because a lot of things you you do, you get a bit nervous for because you get nervous for the reactions from people. But this time around, I'm like, no one can tell me that they don't like it because I'm just, you know, I love it and I'm really happy. Sammy, before we go into that, I'd love to actually explore your business first just so any listeners who aren't across it have an idea of what you're working on what you're about to launch tell us about one mile how did you come up with the idea for it how did you come up with the name and what's your vision for the business looking into the future yeah so one mile I got the name because I my grandparents had a house in foster so growing up every holidays we would go to foster and the house is on one mile beach so one mile is literally just it just represents nostalgia for me it is just an to my mom, to me, younger self, my family. And it's just literally to this day my favorite place on earth and will probably be my favorite place on earth. And we just sell women's apparel. It's all in this range, just beautiful soft knitwear, just really basic everyday pieces, but really classy, elegant, and will last as well. Just really nice quality. I think what's been obvious from having small conversations with you over the last few months is this has been a long time coming. Like you've put a lot of time and a lot of energy into this. And then I imagine January, February hit and you realized that the world was changing and that could severely impact the launch of something that you've been working on for a really long time. Yeah, definitely. So we've been working on it for about a year now and I think it hit sort of December when we realized things were starting to get a little strange in the world. And obviously the virus hit China first. So that's where our suppliers are. So we we were going through this whole world crazy pandemic sort of thing before it even hit Australia. And we were just sort of having to change our timelines, change our launch structure, change the actual garments that were arriving because we have a few suppliers. We've got our knitwear suppliers, denim suppliers. So they were sort of on different timelines. We had to push some stuff back and push some stuff forward, which means in this range, we've got like a lot of tops. And then in next range, I've got basically all bottoms. So we've just (laughs) dealt with so many, so many changes. And every single day, something new was popping up that we were like, oh, great. So now, you know, you can't get your freight booked and there's only three ships that sail and it's going to take like four months to get to you as opposed to like a week you know whatever that's obviously not the correct timelines but yeah it was just things like that so everything became more expensive to get it out you know sent into Australia everything had to be quarantined and it's all for a good reason but 
it's just for first launch as a new startup where I've never done it before. It was really hard to navigate, I won't lie. Right. So you've been worrying about COVID-19 and this pandemic for quite a long time, probably a few months before the average Australian really struggled with it in March, right? Yeah. So, God, I've got to wrap my head around when it really started impacting us. But so China goes on Chinese New Year in January. And then when by the time they came back, that's when it really got bad. So no one was like all, everyone was in lockdown. And so no one could obviously go to work. And so nothing, none of our stuff was being produced. We had actually planned on it launching sort of beginning of April. So it's already been pushed back only a month, which is actually quite lucky. We actually thought it was going to only be able to launch in July with the right things were changing. But yeah, it's the best case scenario for what could have happened. And it's all worked out really well. But it's been really dramatic. Things have just sort of changed all over the shop. As a first time sort of business owner and as a first time running a startup, talk to us about the difficulty of the decision to actually decide to just push forward and launch anyway. Because I think if it was me, I'd probably just throw my hands in the air and be like, I just (laughs) can't. Yeah, I honestly, it got to, I think it was probably... March after we we had shut our campaign at the beginning of March by the end of March I said to just everyone in my team that we're not going to launch we'll keep plugging away as we are but we're just going to push the launch back until everything settles because I didn't want to be insensitive as well everyone was losing their jobs no one had any money to spend even I was struggling with my own rent because I all my campaigns were getting cancelled left right and center and I've funded one mile from me so I was even struggling as an individual as well so I was like this is just a selfish way to launch a brand and it just didn't feel right and I was so proud of it like I said so I didn't want to launch it amongst all of the chaos when people were dealing with their own issues but as time went on I was like I'll play it by ear and I'll just watch what happens and we can just reevaluate the situation and things are still crazy and chaotic but you know the government has um, stepped in and helped people and I started speaking to a bunch of friends and family and just individuals about what they think I should do. And in the end, I just decided to, instead of launching it, just tell people about it. That way, at least I can get it off my chest. I can show people what I've been working on. And I I was just really excited for people just to see what it was that I was doing behind the scenes. And I was just going to wait for the reaction from people. If people were like, no, please, you know, that's insensitive. Do not launch. Everyone's lost their jobs. No one can afford to buy stuff. Don't launch. I was happy just to listen to what everyone said and listen to their feedback. But everyone was really positive about it. So everyone was really like the feedback we got, the the amount of people that wanted to shop it was just insane, just like better than I had ever anticipated. So we pushed the launch back a month, but we didn't really have to wait very long at all. You just touched on it then, Sammy, that you've invested all of your money into this business. And I imagine that's such a huge commitment on a personal and financial basis to make. And I want to know, what is your relationship with Fear Like? Like, this is clearly an incredibly important venture for you. It is a huge part of your life. How do you feel about Fear, given this brand has become you? Yeah, I think I'm lucky. I've got quite a good relationship with Fear, I suppose, (laughs) as weird as that sounds, because I sort of am a massive believer in everything happens for a reason. And I can't control what the outcome is going to be of this sort of situation. I can control the things that are physically in front of me, like obviously the launch date and, you know, what products I'm going to sell and, you know, the logistics and the 3PL and all of that. But at the end of the day, whatever is going to happen 
will happen and I can't be fearful of the outcome. I've just got to stay positive and just do what I think is right. Otherwise, if I lived my life fearing what I thought the outcome was going to be, I just wouldn't have done this because it's just way, way too much of a risk to do something and be scared of what it's going to come from it. You just got to believe in yourself as cliche as it sounds. No, but I think it's the way that you stay sane. And I wanted to know then with all of that in mind, how you manage stress or what your relationship with stress is then. Like, do you find yourself getting stressed over these things? Have you been stressed in the last few months? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've always had, even, you know, doing my HSC, I've never felt stress, which is quite annoying to be honest, because I should have studied harder and I should have worked harder and done all of that. I should have been more stressed than I actually was. But I think I've actually, like I said before, started getting a little bit of anxiety and started getting a little bit of stress in these situations because there is so much you know, money involved and there is such a risk launching a brand and having it fail and having everyone see that it failed and your products being terrible and everyone hating it and all of that. So that does play on my mind. And unfortunately, that plays on my mind at night when I'm about to go to sleep. So I get really bad insomnia. But I just, you just kind of got to, I suppose, push through. And I I look at every task that just is daunting and I dwell on and I just instead go, okay, let's just do it. Put it on your to-do list, make three large things that you don't want to do happen today and just get it done. And I'm lucky as well. I've got a really good team behind me that makes the process a lot easier. And it's just a really streamlined process. We've got a great working environment together. So I think if I didn't have really amazing people around me sort of helping me get through really tricky things, then that would be horrendous. And I would be fearful and really stressed as well. But I'm lucky that everything works pretty well. (laughs) You touched on it earlier that your content has really covered all spheres, whether that's beauty and makeup or fitness and lifestyle or fashion. I want to know why was it fashion that you wanted to pursue? I mean, it's tricky to launch a clothing label. What was it about that that appealed to you? Yeah. So I've had so many people ask me this. Everyone's like, why aren't you doing makeup? I think There's two reasons. One is because I did the clothing collaboration with Princess Polly a few years ago, and I just really enjoyed that process. I've probably never been so passionate about a project, and it wasn't even my own brand. And I really just wanted to learn the ins and outs of a business and be able to do it on my own. And I just wanted to bring out something that just I felt passionate about, not that I felt compelled to do because that's what everyone knows me as. And secondly, it's funny with age, makeup has become, I still love it and I still love getting glam every now and again but I probably wear makeup like once a week these days and I just don't have the passion for it anymore and I don't have the passion for you know fitness or a specific thing other than fashion I just like to dabble in those things and I like to you know use other people's products I think that everyone does it perfectly fine and I'm happy just to use whatever's out there on the market I don't feel the need to necessarily go and create my own thing Coming up after the break, what Sammy thinks influencer culture will look like post-pandemic. But first, a word from our sponsor. I want to know, outside of work and outside of creating a business and influencing, what sparks joy for you at the moment when you do find yourself in those moments of stress or worry? Oh, it's the little things, isn't it? Like I love just, I love having my dog around. It's nice being at home with Nick. So Nick's usually working commercial real estate in the city. So he leaves like the crack of dawn and gets home at like 7.38 PM. So it's been really bittersweet having him around. He annoys me sometimes, but it's, it's nice being able to spend quality time with those that are around me. And I'm lucky that he already 
lived here with me and I've got my best friend Daisy here with me as well and I've got my animals and so I'm I'm just really enjoying spending quality time with the people around me it's forcing me to stay at home and really just get in tune with myself and try to you know do things that I love that are literally physically in front of me with the people that I love. As weird as it sounds as well, it's the little things like I love, I love still putting a bit of fake tan on and washing my hair and making myself feel really pretty for literally no reason at all. But just doing things that I know that I enjoy and that I didn't necessarily have the time to do because you'd be running around from meeting one meeting to the next and busy doing your 3PL logistics one day and, you know, doing an event the next day and just you, you feel like you're so chaotic in normal everyday life. And now it's just a lot slower. I like taking the time just to do things at a nicer pace, I suppose. One part of your job is that you travel heaps, particularly internationally. And I want to know, has it been nice to be in the one space for such a prolonged amount of time? I imagine this is the longest you've probably gone without traveling internationally or interstate for such a long time. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love the opportunities that come my way. But I think a lot of the time, because they are such amazing opportunities that pop up, it feels wrong to say no to them. So I often find myself agreeing to far more than I probably should and far more than I'm capable of. And I rarely get to be at home with my animals and my boyfriend and my family for longer than like, you know, a month at a time. I'm always going somewhere new and by myself. And I I do like my time alone, but it's very repetitive and I don't want to sound like I'm so ungrateful because I know those opportunities are amazing, but it's it's been nice to be forced to stay at home and actually enjoy the things that are physically around me. Do you think then that this has taught you to say perhaps no to more things? Do you think when you go back to normal life, you'll be saying yes at the same rapid rate and heaping your plate so high? Or do you think you will adopt that slower lifestyle more? I think definitely. I think one mile has been good as well because because now that I've got a little bit more structure in my life and I've actually got a team that I'm running, I will have to say no to those things anyway. So it was good that before all of this happened, I got to live that young lifestyle and travel the world and have these amazing opportunities. But I do feel like I have done that. I've lived through it and now I'm ready for sort of the next stage and I will have to say no because I have to physically be here working on my brand. And yeah, so it's not so much that I'll I'll feel like I can say no because of this, but I think to be honest, everyone will probably slow down on the travel a little bit because it's obviously not great for the environment as well, but it's taught everyone to sort of stay home and be a little bit more hygienic and have a bit more social distancing and social awareness. And I think aren't they changing the rules now that on planes you have to have one person per row or something I mean, like at, that? at least at the moment while they're social distancing. But it is, I, I have wondered when everything does, quote, unquote, go back to normal, like mm-hmm. how close we'll want to get to strangers because we're so trained now to stay away. I know. It's so funny. I walk my dog and I feel the need to like, if someone's coming towards me to cross the road and go on the other side. And it makes me feel so rude because I don't want them to think that I find them gross, but I'm literally getting used to that now. Like just trying to keep my space between other humans. And I do think that people will find it strange going back to sitting close to people and hugging people. I'm only still getting used to like, I, you know, we'll have 
just go see mom and dad, for example, and you touch elbows now instead of give each other a kiss on the cheek. Like it's it's strange. <laughs> I do wonder, do you think there'll be any lasting changes in the way that we live after all this? Like we touched on it then, there might be a little bit more distance between each other. But what about other aspects of life? Do you think people will be on their phones less when they're socializing? I don't know, out of a need that we want to spend more quality time and really protect that quality time together? You know, I've thought about this a lot and I feel like humans are such habitual creatures but also just have such, such short attention spans. And as much as I would like to think that we would learn from this and maybe spend a little bit more time doing things that we like and spending less time at work and just doing better amounts of work and little small things like staying off your phone longer and staying more hygienic, I do think though we have the very sheep mentality that if one person goes back to work and then everyone around you starts going back to work you'll start feeling guilty for not going back to work so you'll feel the need to go back and you'll you'll feel a little bit judged if you don't because you'll feel lazy so all of these nice things that we're learning that are really putting things into perspective now and going it's nicer to spend a little bit more time in the morning having a cup of tea with Nick around as opposed to waking up and quickly running off to the gym and as much as I would like things to sort of stay the same or at least for us to learn from this I just think that we will probably forget and just go straight back to living like we did before. I think you might be right there, which is a shame, but probably true. You did touch on how you're kind of evolving beyond just influencing now anyway, you know, with your business and you're leaving a lot of it behind you. And I guess that's what we wanted to ask you about influencer culture, because I think there's a lot of talk about influencer culture at the moment in the midst of this pandemic, because I think a lot of people are saying, or a few at least, that this could really spell the end of influencing or change what influencing looks like. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's accurate? Do you see it changing? What do you see it looking like in the next few months and years? I mean, I don't think it's going to change at all, to be honest. I think people like to follow people where we all are really nosy and we like to see what other people are doing in their lives. If anything, I think this isolation's made me more of a stalker because I have a little bit more time on my hands to see what everyone else is getting up to. And you don't have to be an influencer to have influence. Everyone everyone will be watching all everyone all of their friends and family and I think as soon as brands get on their feet a little bit more and have a bit more cash flow coming in they'll just go back to the way they were if anything influencers are just having a lull right now because brands are suffering obviously from the pandemic and not making necessarily as much money as they were before which is the same for everyone really like everyone's jobs are just sort of taking a bit of a hit so I won't lie to you guys because I do do influencing I have lost quite a lot of campaigns and things have definitely taken a lull for me but I don't think that that will necessarily last I think you know, if you like following people and you like watching what people get up to, you'll have as much engagement as you did before. I agree with you. I do think everything will rebound quite quickly. I think potentially some people have been annoyed by the influencers whose content is a little bit tone deaf. And I think when influencers aren't receptive to what the mood is, that's incredibly aggravating to the average person. But then for every influencer who is like that, there's probably two who have really hit the mood and really bonded, I guess, for lack of a better term, with their audience and their subscribers. I think it's like any industry, right? Some people will get it right and some people will get it wrong. Yeah, I think that's right. I think some could really slingshot out of this because you're right, Sammy. Like brands will go back to using the strategies that worked before for them advertising-wise. And a lot of that was influencing work. I think Mm -hmm. it will be more dependent on like the self-aware influence 
influencer now, like this, the influencer that understands the state of the world and how things are looking and people will really gravitate to that. Because you're right, they'll keep gravitating towards influencers. They just will want to go to the responsible ones more than ever, I think. Sammy, what's your take on the word influencer? I am curious. Everyone seems to have such a different perspective on it. Some people think it's very positive. Others think it's quite negative. Some women definitely don't want it ascribed to what they put out into the world. And I wonder, now that you're launching a business, do you want people to refer to you as a business person, a businesswoman, or are you fine with the word influencer? Uh, people can refer to me however they want to refer. They can call me a bitch if they want. I don't really mind. But I'm sort of just like I would never call myself personally an influencer because I find it a little bit cringeworthy. But people say, what is your job title? I And, you know, when you have to write down on the um, – form at the airport they're like what is your occupation I'm like um I do I'm a videographer because I just feel way I just never know what to say so I think there's so many different terms for what people do in my industry and I personally believe everyone is an influencer like my friend who might have 200 followers will post a picture in a pretty dress and I'll be like I want that dress now so everyone has the capability of influencing other people and it's it's a flattering term it's a very flattering term but I just personally wouldn't refer to myself as that but it would be nice yeah Sure, as to be called an an entrepreneur or a businesswoman, that would be quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. One question we ask everyone as well is, what is your definition of success? Because I think we are always intrigued as to how people sort of consider and define success in their own life. How do you define it? Yeah, I think I'm probably going to be so cliche in saying this, but just how, you know, happiness for me. If I am feeling happy, if I have all my loved ones around me healthy and strong and their lives are going well for them and they're happy as well, that to me is a success. Because when touching on fear before, I genuinely, like a lot of people, have a fear of losing the people that I love. And so for me, the people that I love, having them around me, having them strong, having them be happy as well is just literally makes me happy. I think that's so beautiful. It's so true as well that building bonds with the people around you is success. And Sammy, before we finish, we want to get some great recommendations from you. We've been loving these from everyone so far. We want the listeners to click out of these episodes and feel like they've like taken something really helpful and nourishing away from them. So we are asking for a raft of recommendations. I want to start with you on what you're wasting the most time on right now, shamelessly or not so shamelessly. Like, is there a TV show, for instance, that you are binge watching right now? Oh, I've just started The Vampire Diaries and I feel like I'm so late to this bandwagon, but it is so good. And I have such a short attention span when it comes to television, but I literally could sit there and watch episode after episode after episode. So I'm really enjoying The Vampire Diaries right now. I feel like I'm 12 again when you watched Twilight and you were like fell in love with the vampire. (laughs) Are they vampire? Are they actually vampires? Yes, they're actually vampires. And literally it reminds me, well, one of the vampires reminds me so much of Edward Cullen, but it's just super entertaining. It's just really easy to watch. So if you're wanting to throw yourself into an alternate world... There you go, ladies. Vampire Diaries. I love that there was like a five-year stint as well of just purely vampire content. It was like Vampire Diaries and the Twilight series and there was nothing really else out there for teen girls. 
I know. Well, that's what I mean because all my friends watched the Vampire Diaries and my sister, well, my, both my sisters did when they were in like year eight or nine. So this would have been so long ago, but I just never watched it. And even though everyone was obsessed with it, I don't know why I didn't. So now I feel like I'm 12 again and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> this is so interesting. I feel like a lot of people around me are, are discovering really old, really popular shows and actually going back through them. Like my best friend lives in London and is watching Gossip Girl and has never, ever read a Gossip Girl spoiler in her life. So she's going through a Gossip Girl blind right now in 2020. Oh, my God. No, but I did the same thing last year. I'd never seen Gossip Girl before and I watched it for the first time and I didn't – I think I, I think someone had probably told me who Gossip Girl was, but I just never paid attention because I'd never seen it. And Gossip Girl is the best thing ever to watch for, for the first time. So if, if anyone hasn't seen that, you should definitely jump on the Gossip Girl as well. 100%. I would so be open to, like, people coming into our Facebook group as well with shows you should watch if you never have. But what we also wanted to ask another recommendation from you is about food. What is a food, a comfort food, a recipe that you gravitate to when maybe you might be stressed or the day's been long or that just makes you feel really homely? Yeah, I'm super all about the basic, simple recipes. Nick and I love a toasted sandwich. So just getting, you know, some yummy ham and cheese and tomato or chicken and avocado and mayo. Love a toasty. Love homemade pizzas as well. We always just get, I actually love, there's these tip top thins and they make it for a really yummy crispy pizza base or another one actually that's just come to mind is this is my childhood memory as well is Betty Crocker they do great milk chocolate cookies and it takes you like two seconds you need like two ingredients and they are just the most life-changing cookies of all time but you have to it's eat them so fresh. Good. Zara happens to be a cookie snob and refuses to make any cookies from a packet she wants oh, to make Zara, them from scratch you must try the Betty Crocker ones <laughs> in fairness I'm not good at making cookies from scratch I just prefer to so I probably would be good at the Betty Crocker actually try this. And the last recommendation or question we have for you, Sammy, is what is one mantra or kind of rule for life that you're trying to live by right now or that you have kind of consistently tried to live by for the last few years? Oh, this is a good one. I always get stumped on this question because instantly my brain goes blank. The one thing that does come to my head though, whenever I get asked this is I have a mantra that consistently goes through my brain. My dad, when I was growing up, I used to just be such a little scaredy cat of like everything, everything. And I didn't want to do anything and he would always just say just do it just do it so if I have a task that I don't want to do or something scares me or even the social social distancing is making me become a bit of an introvert and I'm like I don't want to go back to normal life I just have this mantra that goes on in my head that's just like just do it just do it just do it because as soon as you do something that makes you feel uncomfortable it instantly feels amazing so just just do everything just give everything a shot Sammy Robinson, thank you so much for making the time for us. We are so excited about your new brand. It takes guts to go out at 23 and launch your own business. And we are applauding you. We hope it goes well. I think female small businesses at this time are so important and you should be really bloody proud of yourself. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening to this In Isolation episode of Shameless with Sammy Robinson. If you'd love more from Sammy, you can find her on Instagram at Sammy Robinson with three M's and her clothing label, One Mile, at onemile.thelabel. As for us, well, Mish and I are independent podcasters who do this without the support of a network, so the best way to support us is to show us how you listen via your Instagram stories. Either take a screenshot of your podcast app and tell us your thoughts on the episode or show us how you listen, whether that be walking your dog, doing some baking or procrastinating while working. That is all from us. We will be back in your ears on Monday with the wrap in the week that was in pop culture. Bye, guys. 
Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.